one timers getting to know the guest of sports and more the podcast just a little bit more this is one timers with rob tichkowski from the evident sun and edmonton journal titch are you ready for one timers I'm always ready for the one-timer. All right. Did, did you have a, a good one-timer? Like, uh, you know, was your was your one-timer in street hockey better than it was in real hockey? Uh, yeah, we. I went, well, I went to Vic Comp, and every lunch we would have the uh, the ball hockey game. Yes. Uh, the east side versus the uh, west side, you know, before the rappers, you know, stole our idea. It was, you know, <laughs> the, the jocks were on one side, and uh, and all the guys from the east side, uh, the, you know, the five trades guys were on the other and I played that right wing on the uh, shot left played the right wing the off wing and I yeah. was I was ready to go I, I was uh, I was a superstar in that league love it let's start with your uh, favorite two sports growing up uh, when it came well, like it came to watching I was a big boxing guy like you know Ali and Ray Leonard and, and you know Hagler and, and uh, her and Duran and all that stuff and of course uh Watching hockey. If you're talking about playing, then I was uh, loved playing fastball. And uh, as a kid, you know, most Canadian kids are going into soccer in the summer, and I, I, I didn't mind that either. But I was primarily a fastball player, uh, boxing watcher. All right. Uh, how about your uh, favorite team and your favorite athlete as a kid? Uh, team would have been the Flyers. I just, I just love their their uniform and their attitude and uh, you know the Kate Smith and yeah. and uh, you know Schultz and Selesky and, and all those guys and Bernie Perrant he had that great mask it was on the cover of Time magazine so they were always always my team growing up and then athlete the greatest athlete of all time is Muhammad Ali it's, it's, it's not even question like even taking away all of the stuff that he did outside of the ring uh, his skill as an athlete and as a boxer is just is unparalleled for a heavyweight. I just watched again his fight with Foreman, and he was on the wrong side of it at that point. And his, he was so fast and so accurate that he was just uh, a treat to watch. So he's far and away my favorite athlete of all time. You know, I remember the night he passed away. It was a Friday night. I was on the the air on the on the TSN twelve sixty, and it was just like wow. You you started digging into more and more and more about this guy and. Um, it was one of the weirdest nights because nothing else really mattered because we had lost such a legend. Yeah, and he he still like he was so revered by just everybody in sports and in and in life too. Like I saw only saw him briefly from from a from a great distance it was at the the Ryder Cup in uh, Valhalla and uh, in Louisville, which was, of course is you know his neighborhood. And mm-hmm. he brought they brought him in to talk to the American team and. They had this kind of a function that we were allowed to go to, and you could see him from you know fifty yards away, and just the way he was surrounded with people that just adored him, you know. So yeah, he was a great man, just on on all fronts. Yeah, very much so. All right, the opposite of that: the team and athlete you despised as a kid. Growing up, it was uh, the Central Red Army. I know that's not their official <laughs> name; they were just the Russian national team. I yeah. hated those guys, the, the evil empire. <laughs> I just couldn't. Oh, I just. You know, I was when that summit series. I was on the on the, on the edge of my seat the whole time. But absolutely, and even when they rolled into the spectrum, and uh, yeah. and you know they're going home. There, that was like maybe one of the greatest moments of my childhood. Watching the Flyers run the Russians out of the rink there. So that was, uh, yeah, probably not didn't necessarily need to be the case. I think there was a lot of propaganda involved. Like there's yeah. hockey players, good guys like everybody else, but. Uh, I bought into it at the time and uh, absolutely uh, hated the Red Army. And uh, and is there a specific athlete that you didn't like as a kid? Like one guy? I'm tr- I'm trying to think not too much because back then, 
you know, we didn't you didn't hear too much about the, the wrong side of athletes. They were sort of pumped up and they were all great guys, right. and all Good upstanding point. citizens. So, you know, early, like maybe one of the early ones I didn't like was Leon Stinks. Like, you know, where's this nobody with 11 fights get off beating Alley? Yeah. Didn't care for that very much, <laughs> even though, hey, just showed up there and won a fight. Was no reason to hate him. Uh, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I don't remember too much about specifically having the goals or like we were talking about earlier. I When I went to high school, I, all my credits were in welding and pipe fitting and I was well on the road to becoming uh, one of Edmonton's top plumbers before <laughs> I realized I did not want to be a plumber. <laughs> um, how about if you could be a pro in any sport, what sport would it be? Uh, it's, it's, are you talking like if, if I'm good at this sport? Like yeah. I wouldn't like being a being a heavyweight champion of the world would be fun, but I would not want to be a crappy boxer. Right. <laughs> 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 you know, if you're talking elite, uh, elite, I'd probably stick with golf just because you can control your schedule and and the drama of rolling in a putt at a major or, or just being in that mix. You know, you don't you not a lot of injury, and you play forever. You play as a senior mm-hmm. with license to print money. So I'd probably play golf if I was good at it. Is there one athlete's life you would like to live? This is what, yeah, this is interesting because you have to balance all the factors into it. Like, you know, the success that he had, the, the money that he made, the, right. the kind of the, the, the excitement and, and, and things that he saw. Not a lot of drama in his life and come out of it with your health. So I would think, I'm thinking Mark Messier, winning five championships at Edmonton, growing up with that dynasty, then going to New York and winning a championship there, just being a star and a big apple, what that's like. And comes out of it with a lot of money, not a lot of drama and stuff in his life. I don't think he was ever married, so I, I think Mess had a pretty good run, and frankly, is still having it. Yeah, that's right, and anytime you can list Madonna uh, in, a, in a past <laughs> relationship, that's pretty cool life. And this, that's the stuff we know about, man. Like that's I'm right. sure, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, Matt. You know, you know, <laughs> had a pretty good time in New York. Uh, you've been able and to, here, frankly. Yeah, well, well, no kidding. He doesn't have to buy. He'll, he'll never pay for a drink almost anywhere, but especially in these two places. Uh, you've you've been able yeah. to witness a lot of stuff live. What's the what's the coolest thing, or, or even a couple of things, if you want, uh, that you've witnessed live? I think uh, I, I was covering the 2009 Masters. For the for the chain, mm-hmm. and uh, it came to came down to final round Sunday, and uh, Bill and Tiger weren't in the hunt. They were about like six strokes back. They weren't really in the mix, but they were in the same group on Sunday, and they hadn't played together a whole bunch, especially in the final round of the majors. And it kind of came down to like this almost a match play situation. And and no word of a lie, the gallery with Bill and Tiger was twice the size of the the gallery that was following the lead group on Sunday at the Masters. It was a a huge uh, and they you know they, they're they kind of friendlier now but back then it was the full on rivalry and the full on grudge and yeah. even I remember I remember standing on the first tee box <clears throat> and you could go inside the ropes as long as you went down on one knee and people could look over your shoulder right so I'm, I'm sort of front row for that and we're just waiting with the anticipation as the tee time is getting closer and then you hear this roar off in the distance right and you can hear like the cheers, come on, Phil, come on. And it's like mm-hmm. a ring walk where he walks mm-hmm. through the thing and he gets to the top of the tee box and everybody's just going crazy for him, right? And then he's waiting a couple of minutes and then you hear another roar and here's all the Tiger guys and they come up on the first tee together and they're both standing on the tee box. And I remember like I was maybe seven or eight feet away and uh, they do this handshake and 
Tiger reaches out his hand, Phil reaches out his hand, and I uh, looking at Tiger's face, and he was giving him just the, the most wicked death stare that you could ever give in sports, right? Wow. And then Phil knew that it was coming, didn't even look him in the eyes, and like whatever, just shook yeah. his hand, and didn't didn't even buy into it. And they they had this, you know, this. It wasn't for the it wasn't for the green jacket, but it was still a, a nice head head battle. <clears throat> and Phil beat him by one or two strokes, and and. The, let you know what it meant. Tiger just slammed the trunk and left. Didn't even do any interviews after the after the thing was over. So that was that was probably one of the coolest things I've seen. And also uh, covering the 2010 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach was a lot of fun too. Just the, the scenery and, a, and it being a U.S. Open and yeah. you know Tiger and Mick Nicholson and Els and all those guys are there. So those two probably and you know some hockey. But but I'm I, I'm a big golf guy and that's something you don't do a lot of. Yeah. So that's probably why those two things stand out. How about uh, from when you were a kid? Well, you mentioned the uh, the they're going home moment. Uh, what's a what's a memory that sticks out uh, as a sports fan uh, from being a kid? Uh, the earliest one was would have been the '72 Summit Series. We were going back and forth, and I had a I had a bet for ten cents with Kevin Lambert, who lived across the street, mm-hmm. that uh, Canada would that Canada would win, and they did. And he never paid me, so he still owes me that sign, <laughs> and I want it if I ever see the guy. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the first time that I really got involved in sports, and, and that was it still is. I've, I've watched the documentary on that series a couple of times, and it's, uh, it's 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 amazing. The hockey is bizarre what they were allowed to get away with back then. Yeah, but uh, it was one of the still the, maybe the biggest sporting event in Canadian history. Well, you being a Flyers fan, knowing what Bobby Clark was capable of doing oh. at that time, it's in, it's insane. Yeah, like, and, and they were complaining about the penalties that they did receive. Like, in this day and age, none of those guys would have made it to game eight because they would have all been suspended. Like, it was just nuts what they were doing. Right. But, uh, you know, you watch it now and you're, you're halfway sympathetic to the Russians. Like, they came over here and showed speed and skill, trying to maybe play like the Oilers did. And, and you know, these guys are tomahawk chopping <laughs> and cross-checking them and elbowing them in the head and the whole deal. What the hell did we? What the hell did we get ourselves into? I, I, the thing I love about that time period is that's when we didn't know anything about the Russians. There was no internet. There was no <laughs> hockey DB on you. We could look up about Larry Onoff or anything like the Canada Cups in the eighties. For me, is some of my fondest memories because I was just like, who is this guy? That's uh, you know, who are these five man units that are coming out yeah. here like this? It was so awesome. Whereas now we're. You know, it's a, we're we're spoiled with the information we have on everybody. Yeah, they were kind of sold to us as these uh, faceless robots that all came from some factory and didn't have any feeling or emotion, and, right. and were just you know these uh, evil people that were somehow cheating, even though they're we don't know how or why, but something something ain't right because they're Russians, right? But yeah, they're just the same as the same as the Canadian guys were, just a bunch of guys who like to play hockey. And, we're having some fun playing for their country. Yeah. Those Canada Cups were amazing too. Like you know, the, the Oilers made up a lot of those teams mm-hmm. uh, back in their heyday, and it was uh, yeah, that was some great theater as well. Yeah, seeing the Oilers and the Islanders have to become teammates like months after they just played each other in the Stanley Cup Finals was uh, was quite interesting. Um, when it comes to music, favorite band or artist? Uh, I, I, I listen to everything. I'm one of those people that. Like I go from Nora Jones to classical violin to G Unit, Kid Rock, Motorhead, <laughs> nice. Black Sabbath, right? So it just depends on your mood. So yeah. I'm thinking if I'm if I'm Desert Island music, I'm looking for somebody with uh, like a really large catalog that covers all the spectrums 
from, you know, slow to blues to rock to heavy. So I'd probably go with the Rolling Stones. Just, oh. They have a million, they have a ton of songs, and they can take you from a from a ballad to uh, Sympathy for the Devil and Gimme Shelter and all that sort of thing. So I'd probably go with them. Nice. Uh, when you were a kid, what movie did you love to watch? Uh, Rocky was uh, that was huge. Like even even still, if there's a Rocky Seven coming out, I'm I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I just enjoyed the genre. It was so stupid, but uh, you know the first few were all right. Like one and two were good, and then you know. But uh, yes, yeah, being being a being a kid that uh, that loved uh, boxing and uh, the, the movie came out. And my when I was when I was playing hockey and, and baseball, like my nickname in the neighborhood was Rocky at the time before the movie and came out so uh, nice. automatically I was sort of uh, attached to that so yeah definitely Rocky now it's Goodfellas for obvious reasons that's, yeah. that's an all time classic but back then it was Rocky uh, what about uh, right now what are you watching as far as like streaming shows or TV series or anything like that currently what catches your eye I, I always try to check in on the Sopranos from time to time. Just grab it anywhere, yeah. whether mid-season or at the start. But but the Last Dance came out with the Jordan thing, yeah. so that's kind of one that I'm I'm, I'm uh, really really enjoying. It's it's great to see some people talking honestly about what happened. I would love to see something like that about the Oilers, where where somebody talks about what actually happened during those times, and uh, what the guys were actually feeling. But uh, they've they've done a good job so far with this Jordan. Yeah, yeah, like the 88 season would be amazing because Gretzky, knowing that was his last Stanley Cup, organizing that pitcher. And the thing about the last yeah. dance, can you imagine if Mark Messier or Yeri Curry were the 128th ranked paid player in the NHL during that heyday oh. like Scottie Pippen was? I feel yeah. bad for that guy. Like he, and the owner claims to say that, you know, I don't sign the contract, you're undervaluing yourself. That doesn't sound like something an owner would ever say. No. But- I'll take him. I'll take him at his word. But I, I would, you know, he's got nobody to blame but himself. But I, boy, that that's got to be frustrating. You're one of the top handful of players in the world, and you're locked in forever at this uh, at that rate. That's got to be tough. Yeah. If you could have a meal with anybody in history, who would it be? Uh, this is this is a, a weird one. It like, might sound stupid, like I'm wasting a meal, but I would want to sit down with Lee Harvey Oswald and find out what the hell happened. Wow. I'm a I'm a big Kennedy conspiracy guy, and uh, I would want to sit down and say, "Okay, let's let's have it and and get that whole thing." Because that's that's uh, that that goes deep from the from the cover up in the Warren in the Warren report to the impossible shots happening. Like something wasn't right, and I would love to hear exactly what happened oh, and nice. who was involved and how high how high up it went. Uh, that's uh, that's beautiful. Uh, if there was a movie about your life, who would you want to play Rob Tatrowski? Uh, well, my favorite actor is De Niro, but I do not see any similarities between us whatsoever. Uh, maybe Al Pacino, he's yeah, a multi yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might work. Uh, okay, you're a big golf guy. Fill out your dream foursome. You and uh, three others. Yeah. Okay. I I wanted a U.S. president in there because I have a ton of questions about life behind the scenes and the political stuff and all that. So I'll go with Barack Obama. He's outspoken spoken and, mm-hmm. and pretty easy going guy. Muhammad Ali, obviously. Just, uh, just because he's Ali and he's my favorite, and then I would want to just somebody who would have good stories and also get incredible golf shots that I could see up close. So, <clears throat> be Tiger Woods. So me, Barack Obama, Ali, and Tiger Woods. When I just realized I'd be the only white guy in that foursome. That's so right. That, yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's a fun way to spend four and a half hours, though, man. With with those guys, you 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 would just sit back and listen. 
Oh, absolutely. And everybody has, like, you know, Obama, he's talking about world leaders and how the nuclear codes work and, you know, the Air Force One and, and his limos and Tiger's talking about, you know, just golf and Masters and all his life behind the scenes and, you know, Ali and his fights with Fraser and Foreman and the civil rights stuff, like, those three dudes would have a lot to talk about. So. And, and Ali, the, the non-stop chirping of getting in the heads of Obama and Tiger Woods, all can you imagine Ali on a tee box, the, the way he could oh. go? Like, it would be amazing to listen to. These three guys would have the best banter you would yeah. ever have from a group, because Obama's sharp. Like, you don't get to be like, well, I guess you do get to be president by being stupid. Like, look who's there now. But yeah. generally speaking, he, you know, he's a, he's a brilliant guy, very witty, very sharp. Ali is one of the sharpest ever, and, and you know, Tiger. Uh, I'll, I'll bet you Ali and, and Barack would be all over Tiger. Like, that whole thing, oh, grinding, yeah. him about, <laughs> grinding him about stuff. But yeah, it'd be a ton of fun. Like, I, uh, I, I would really enjoy that. I like that. All right, last one. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Uh, I love, like, San Diego's just fantastic. I love, you know, the ocean's great, or, you know, closer to home, Jasper. Just something majestic and, and natural, whether it's the ocean or the mountains. Uh, either one of those would absolutely do it for me. All I right. could sit there and stare at the ocean for yeah. hours. Like, I'm, I'm with you on the ocean and the mountains, too. I, I could have the worst golf day ever, but if it's in the mountains, I can enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, JPL, right? Yeah, no kidding. This has been One Timers with Rob Tichkowski of The Eminent Sun and Edmonton Journal. You can check out his full episode at sportsandmore.ca. This has been One Timers on Sports and More, the podcast. Check out full episodes and more at www.sportsandmore.ca.